Thessalonians. Greetings in the name of Jesus Christ our King. We are so excited for this opportunity to share the Word of God with you through your favorite program, The Moment of Truth. We are at a critical moment in God's plan for humanity, and God is said to do awesome things in and through individuals, families, communities, organizations, nations, continents, and across generations. As we proclaim the Word of God in the following series, you are going to receive illumination and direction, especially those in the Valley of Decision, and hopefully you'll be accurately positioned for the current move of God. So, sit back and relax. Go ahead, call your family and friends, and get ready for a life-changing encounter with the Word of God. As you do, your life will never be the same again. You may be seated. It's been an awesome time in the presence of God these past four days. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and especially Saturday during the Children's Day celebration. May God Almighty perfect all that concern our families in Jesus' mighty name. It was such a joy to see our children. Almost every aspect of truth we have taught this year, uh, almost everyone reflected either in the songs they were singing in the drama they were staging, in everything they were doing, that you know that they know what is going on in here. And I trust God that they will grow up as plants in their youth, and our daughters will be polished after the similitude of a palace. In Jesus' mighty name. Our theme for this year's family conference cannot be more apt. What is that theme? Stewards of God's heritage. There are three critical words in this theme. The first word, stewards. The second word, gods. And the third word, heritage. Stewards of God's heritage. One easy deduction we can make from the theme is that both the stewards... And the heritage belong to who? Both the stewards and the heritage belong to who? God. But for clarity's sake this morning, it is important that we have some definitions so that we can be on the same page. We'll look at the word stewards and look at the word heritage because it's not easy to define God. One simple definition I can give you that you will continue to think about for a long time to come is First Timothy chapter 1 verse 17. That comes readily to my mind every time I think of who God is. I can start from Genesis to Revelation to bring who God is out. But this captures it for me. First Timothy chapter 1 verse 17 now to the king eternal. How many other kings have you, have you, have you heard of, read about that came and died and they're no more? As I was growing up in Elif, it was Obadesojia Deremi. And then after him was Olubushi Oba, again, Obashijuade. Then it is, you know, in Abel Kuta, uh, that I met Sir Ademola Kabiesi, and then Oyebadeli Pede. Before Oyebadeli Pede, there was Badebo, and then Oyebadeli Pede, and then this Badebo. What happened to the ones before? They entered the roof. Obawaja. You know, but to the one only God, listen, now to the king. Eternal, immortal, invisible, to God who alone is wise, be honor and glory forever and ever. And the church say, Amen. I call him the grand organized designer. The sun knows when to rise. The moon knows when to come out. 
The stars are hung there not by threads or poles. The creator of heaven and earth. Jeremiah said every God that hath not created the heavens and the earth shall perish from under this heaven. Can I hear amen? Amen. It's God all by himself. Does not need your election to be God. It's God all by himself. But let's look at the word heritage as well as the word stewards. David said in Psalm Psalm 16 from verse number 5. Psalm 16 from verse 5. Oh Lord, you are the portion of my inheritance and my cup. You maintain my lot. The lines are falling to me where? In pleasant places. Yes, I have a good word. I can hear you. I have a good word. Inheritance. Give me that in King James Version. So you see, it will give you literally the meaning of heritage. KJV. The lines are falling unto me where? In pleasant places. Yeah. I have a goodly heritage. Awani Oguntiodara Oguntiki Dibaje. We have a goodly heritage. Webster Dictionary defines the word heritage as what has been or can be inherited. That's all. What has been or can be inherited. Within the context of scripture, that includes land, houses, nation, as well as children in a family and God's flock in a church. Our focus this week has been just on children. When we say we are stewards of God's heritage, we focus our attention mainly on the children, and that is important. But God's heritage is bigger than that. It includes land, houses, nation, as well as children in a family, and God's flock in a church. These are all inheritances of God Almighty. Let me begin with children. Psalm 127 verse number 3. Psalm 127 verse 3. Behold, children are what? A heritage from the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior. So are the children of one's youth. Happy is the man. Who has his quiver full of them? They shall not be ashamed, but shall speak with their enemies in the gate. The Roman soldier's quiver has five arrows. So you can see where the revelation of my five-fold ministry came from. And if you have less than five, you can still aspire. The Lord will help you. Uh, I know those who followed me so well that they followed me till they have five too. I'll keep quiet. <laughs> a Roman soldier's quiver has five arrows. So if you have done less than five, uh, you need to aspire. Blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. Many of us are constrained by economy. But the Lord who said, be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth, subdue it, have dominion. It will empower you to have more than enough. I'm not asking you to go produce children you will not take care of. You must accept responsibility for them because you're a steward. Can I hear amen? Amen. Let's look at church being the heritage of God. 1 Peter chapter 5 verse 1 to 4. Give it to me in KJV. 1 Peter chapter 5 verse 1 to 4. The church in its entirety. The flock of God. They are God's heritage. They are God's children. The elders which are among you I exalt, who am also an elder, and a witness of the sufferings of Christ, and also a partaker of the glory that shall be revealed. Feed the flock of God which is among you, 
taking the oversight thereof, not by constraint, but willingly, not for filthy locker, but of a ready mind. Neither has been lords over God. I can't hear you. <coughs> Neither has been lords over God's heritage, but been examples to the flock. Do you recognize the church you pastor, the one in the house, the department you, you administer uh, some oversight over? Do you recognize the church as God's heritage? If you don't, then uh, the meaning, the, the significance of the theme for the year is lost on you. It's not only your biological children that are God's heritage. The whole church is God's heritage. And if there's any cup that fits all, treat others like you'll be treated. Like you want yourself to be treated. Treat others like you. That's the royal law. That's the law of Christ. Because he sees the church as his own heritage not to be taken advantage of. About houses and riches. Proverbs 19.14. That's the year of amalgamation. Proverbs 19.14. Proverbs 19.14. Houses and riches are what? They are an inheritance from fathers. But a prudent wife is from the Lord. Somewhere in the center of a godly family is a prudent wife. If you're married to a prudent wife, you end up with riches and houses. Sometimes as an inheritance from the Lord, but as also a legacy passed on to you so that you can continue to maintain the standard of that family from generation to generation. Riches and houses are heritage. They are inheritance from the fathers, but a prudent wife is a gift from the Lord. How about nation? Isaiah chapter 19 verse 1. Isaiah chapter 19 verse 1. The burden against Egypt. Read that with me. The burden against Egypt. If something is against a nation, then it's not for that nation. The burden against Egypt. Behold, the Lord rise on a swift cloud. And we come into Egypt... The idols of Egypt will totter at his presence, and the heart of Egypt will melt in its midst. When God shows up in Nigeria in 2019, all the idols will collapse. You understand me? One after the other, they will totter into disruption. You think they are mighty men, but their might is taken away from them. You think they are swift men, but their swiftness is removed. In the name of Jesus Christ. Now looking at a nation as God's heritage, go to verse 21. By the time God scatters the idols in a nation, and he begins to raise men and women after his own heart, men who will not hate the people, men who understand the true, true meaning of power, and why power is given to the people, I mean to man for the sake of people. When God scatters the idols, see what will happen. Verse 21 to 25 of Isaiah 19. Then the Lord will be known to who? The Lord will be known to Egypt and the Egyptians will know the Lord in that day. Nigerians turn to know God is around the corner. In the name of Jesus Christ. Then the Lord will be known to Egypt and the Egyptians will know the Lord in that day. And we may sacrifice an offering. Yes, they will make a vow to the Lord and do what? And perform it. And the Lord will strike Egypt. He will strike and heal it. They will return to the Lord and he will be entreated by them and do what? Heal them. In that day there will be a highway from Egypt to Assyria. And the Assyrian will come into Egypt. And the Egyptian into Assyria. And the Egyptians will serve with who? The Assyrians. These are enemies forever. Always at war. In that day, Israel will be one of three with Egypt and Assyria. A blessing in the midst of the land. Whom the Lord of hosts shall bless, saying, Bless is Egypt, what? I can't hear. Bless is Egypt, Assyria, and Israel, my inheritance. 
a whole nation can be God's inheritance when God begins to, when people begin to realize what is in the mind of God for that nation and the purpose for which he brought them together. It will shatter and scatter the idols and those who love the people will begin to preside over their affairs and there will be wealth redistribution imperative that is clearly evident to all. Can I hear amen? amen? So when you hear the word heritage, don't limit the scope to just children. It includes the entire church. It includes lands and houses and riches. And it includes an entire nation. Can I hear amen? amen. The word steward or in pura form as we have it in this year's theme, stewards is much more complex. It is easier to define heritage than to define steward. Again, most of our definitions this week was focused, focused on parents as stewards of God's heritage. But Webster Dictionary gives an all-encompassing definition, and there are seven of them. Number one, a ship's officer in charge of stores and arrangements about meals. The officer of a ship who just finished the cruise. There was plenty of food. Day in, day out, there were regular different types of you know, exercises and things that you can do, swimming, climbing mountains, hockey, right on the ship. But there's a captain responsible. There's someone in charge. A ship's officer in charge of stores and arrangements about meals is called a steward. Number two, a male attendant who looks after the personal needs of passengers aboard ship, not just what they will eat, not just meal, but their personal needs, is also called a steward. Number three, an employee on an airplane or train in charge of preparing and serving meals. So take it from ship, bring it to a plane or a train, everyone serving other people is a steward. Number four, someone who shows people their seats and maintains order at a public meeting, a public dance, or a public performance is also a steward. In this church, you call them ushers, but they are stewards. They are stewards of God's heritage. Anyone or people who show others to their seats and maintain order at a public meeting, dance, or public performance. Number five, Someone who is responsible for the conduct of a race. That is like running in a race. Someone who is responsible for the conduct of a race or any athletic meeting is also a steward. Sometimes we may call them a referee, but they were, they are stewards. Number eight. I mean, number six. A manager acting for the owner of a large landed estate its mansion and its tenants is also a steward, a manager acting for the owner of a large landed estate. Its mansion and its tenants is a steward. And finally, number seven, an official responsible for provisioning a club or a college. Any official responsible for provisioning a club, it could be a football club, it could be any club, or a college is called a steward. One common denominator to all these seven definitions is this. Stewards are not owners. I'm not sure you're hearing me. I think it was Pastor Deboye many years ago one of his children was sick, if my memory serves me right, and was praying fervently for this child and was telling God, Lord, heal my child. Lord, I present my child to you. And after a few days, God says, since it's yours, take care of it. 
It was then it dawned on him. He's a steward, not owner. The code name for every child in a family should be Oluwafumito. Oluwalofumito. Olonofumito. You understand? You are not the owner of those children. No, God sent them here for a purpose. That's why children are his heritage. You act like owners. When they rebel, or they do something contrary, you are fed up. Ah, it's God's heritage. You don't even have a right to call that child Jagba Jagba. Because you do not know the way the bones are formed in the womb of a woman who is with child. Am I making sense to you? Am I bothering you with too much knowledge? <laughs> what is the code name for every child, male or female? Oluafumito. That's why Isaiah 54 says, Your children shall be taught by the Lord. When you have tried your best and it's not working, step out. It's not your child. The reason you're not having breakthrough is you are mindful of the reproach they will bring to your name. Wrong thing. You treat one with so much pomp. You, 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 you lavish your love on that and the other one is suffering and sulking and feeling like abandoned. Because that other one is making you happy. There are two terminals in every battery that moves your car. Children are the heritage of the Lord. That one that is troublesome today may be the star tomorrow. If you can just patiently uh, uh, honor God as a steward. Not honor. May, may, may I throw in a little word here for those men who think their wives are useless because they have not produced a child yet. Ah, but if God decides to shut their wombs because he wants to bring a generation, not just a child, out of their womb. Anna's barrenness was from who? Who shot a womb? You are wiser than God. You are smarter than God. You know Rachel held Jacob to ransom. Give me a child or I die. What did Jacob say? Am I in the place of God? Why is it that all the patriarchs had their wives' wombs shot? Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Because the Lord, know, the Satan himself knows every child that will open that womb is a disaster to the devil. Can you be patient and let God be God? My mother waited for 10 years, see what she got. I asked my mother one day, I said, Is it worth your waiting? Is it everyone like everyone call? Huh? She said, You too, judge, be the judge. Can you please, Mr. ID, with all your, uh, what is it now, shepherd, corporate shepherd, with all your corporate branding and everything, give me the names of the sons and daughters of Penina. What were their names? Nameless. Can anybody forget Samuel? And let's come to Hannah herself. What were the names of the five children given to Hannah after Samuel? Edumare Fumi Loluamo. Edumare Fumi Loluamo. Oluamo man. Dami Loru. Edumare. If you trust God, each of those children will fulfill destiny. But stop acting like the owner. You are a transport system into the planet. Just as your parents were a transport system for you. You are a steward. You are not 
Oh, mommy, she graduated. How dare you? When did she become a mommy? Your name is given for identity only. Can you please, in your heart of hearts, release your children into the hands of God today? Can you please do that and say, I release my children, mention them by the name they have been given, and put Olua Fumito, Olua Fumito Olubumi, Olua Fumito Olufisayo, Olua Fumito Olushegun, Olua Fumito Oluwasheyi, Olua Fumito Olurotimi. Lord, I release them into your hands. Teach my children. My children shall be taught by the Lord and great will be their peace. And in their peace, I will find peace in Jesus' name. And the people said, Amen. In Jesus' mighty name. The Bible contains two other derivatives of the word steward. Namely, stewards, as it is in the poor, in both Old and New Testament. And stewardship is mentioned only in the New Testament. The first time the word steward occurs in the Bible, it was used by Father Abraham in connection with Eliezer of Damascus. Genesis chapter 15, verses 1 and 2. Genesis chapter 15, verses 1 and 2. After this thing, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision, saying, do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your exceedingly great reward. But Abram said, Lord God, what will you give me, seeing I go childless? And the heir of my house is Eliezer of Damascus. Give it to me in KJV. Thank you. KJV, verse 2, and the steward of my house is this Eliezer of Damascus. If stewards perform their duty, they become heirs. If they can truly, genuinely perform their duties, they become heirs so that they will have an inheritance in their children, not just given inheritance to their children. I don't think you get that. Because there are careless fathers, careless mothers, who sacrifice their sons and daughters to demons and declare openly, You are foolish. If as stewards you perform your duty, just as their heritage of the Lord, God's inheritance, you too can have an inheritance in them. Do you know I built my mother a house before I built mine? Do you know that? Do you know when I bought a Mercedes Benz for myself, I bought for my mother? Do you know that? Because she performed her duty, she had an inheritance in me. And please, I'm not flattering myself. Mama received a befitting homegoing celebration. Just as she envisioned it. So she will come from England. They will come from America. They will come from all over the world. There will be officials of government. They will come there. Do you understand me? Such people don't attend everybody's funeral. Mother had an inheritance in me. Stop eating your future. Just as children are the heritage of the Lord, if you perform your duty as a steward, you become an heir. God forbid that you are greater than the sum total of all your children. You have ruined them. If all your children do at 40, at 50, is to look up to you for sustenance. And that does not give license to a child who refuses to learn. And who refuses to change. Because when stewards do their duty, I'm coming there. Sometimes stewards are helpless. I'll get there. But I just want you to make up your mind that the Lord who granted us grace 
that I became greater than my mother in her lifetime will help me to raise children that will be greater than I am in my lifetime. In the name of Jesus Christ. A mother was cursing his children and said, your own children. In the name of Jesus. My mother never had to demand anything from me all her life. Why? I anticipated a need and surpassed it. All the time. All the time. Now for my mother-in-law, for my mother-in-law, for my father-in-law, I treated them equally. Ensuring that they were provided for. You don't know what it does to me when a sun rises and gives me something. And look, I'm mentioning what they gave me, not to inspire you to give to me. You're already doing that. I'm just saying that there are others that you don't know. I have other flock that are not part of this fold. Jesus said he will bring them all together. Do you understand me? If I want to preach every Sunday in the world, there are puppets. I have to restrain myself. And beyond biological children, I have spiritual children everywhere. I've not been wasting my life in the past 30 years. One of these days, they will come together, you will see. They will answer for me at the gate. Do you understand me? You know, once upon a time, I said, don't, don't defend me. Because you are young. I wanted you to grow in stature. You will not need to defend. You just look at them. That's the end. A woman called Olufadeke Alake. I didn't even have anything then. She came into my mother's, into her house, and began to talk to my mother anyhow. I was in the room. My mother said, I just got off from my room. I carried her. <laughs> she landed in Abata. Do you understand me? From that day, she never entered her house again. Tell your neighbor, your children will answer for you at the gate. I can see my mother and the grandson of her saying, <laughs> do, do, you, do you understand? May your children answer for you at the gate. May they answer the gates of your enemy. In the name of Jesus Christ. Jesus mighty name. It's very important that every steward in this house today should learn from Eliezer, this chief steward, who qualifies in the eyes of his master to be an heir. You can learn from him what it means to be a good steward. Genesis 24 is a masterpiece from verse 1 to 12. Please find time to read it. His master trusted him so much that he said, put your hands in between my ties and ensure that my son does not marry from this land. Go to my people. He said, in case a woman is not willing to follow me, (laughs) he said, the God that I serve will send his angels before you. Hey, stewards of God's heritage, the marriage of the next generation is more critical than your marriage. You can lose everything if they marry wrong. Do you understand me? They can bring you heartache. They must not marry wrong. You must teach them to live right, to think right, to talk right, to do everything right. It is much more critical than your marriage because your marriage is a school where you have learned what should not be. And you now open your eyes wide and say, this one will not marry from here.
bring friends home. Mom, my boyfriend, we need date from you. We are getting married. Ah. Oh, hello, Dad. I got married yesterday. Ah. 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 If they marry right, you'll be at peace. The next generation is secured. As a good steward, he took 10 camels, some of them carrying gold. He got to the place the woman should be. He knelt down and prayed. Give me Genesis 24. Give me verse number 10. This is the role of a good steward. Verse number 10. Then the servant took 10 of his master's camels and departed. For all his master's goods were in his hand. Can you be trusted with another man's uh, investment? Can you be trusted with another man's camels? Can you be trusted or you'll be manipulating figures and cheating your master? You will not grow. You're shooting yourself in the foot. Then the servant took ten of his master's camels and departed, for all his master's goods were in his hand. And he arose and went to Mesopotamia, to the city of Nahor. And he made his camels sit down outside the city by a well of water at evening time, the time when women go out to draw water, listening to what he said. Then he said, O Lord God of my master Abraham, please give me success this day and show kindness to my master Abraham. Give me what? This is where the word success occurs in the Bible for the first time, not Joshua 1 8, that you camp around. This is give me success where? This day. And show kindness to my master Abraham. Look, you have not succeeded truly if you have not made it happen for your master. A good steward will ensure that there's success, he, he, he enjoys, he embraces, he has. In matters relating to his stewardship. No, that the child is not doing well in a particular subject does not mean that's the end of her life. Or his life, you are finding out what is not good at. Now find out what is good at. Ask God to give you success in your stewardship. If you read further down, when eventually the young lady showed up, he said, God has prospered my way. You cannot separate true success from prosperity. It has nothing to do with material substance. It has to do with the quality of how you carry out the assignment as a steward. Mm. I lost words for a moment when I saw Shagun here this morning. I don't know how they cooked it up. And I said, who is that? Say, Shagun, what's he doing? How did he get there? Who asked him to? And then Pastor said, did he not mention it to you at home? I knew nothing. When he was four years old, four, four, I traveled. And I, the pastors were meeting where Pastor Biela's office is now. They were meeting there. And Shagun went in straight there. And sat on my seat. I said, Shagun, nice to see you. You are here? I said, yes. My dad is not at home. I'm representing him. <laughs> then I will see him some days far away in the house somewhere. I'll be doing my business. He will gather his children. I mean, I said, his siblings. I pray you out of accident. I pray you out of disaster. I, I said, hey, I'm only job you haven't seen anything everyone that God has given me including you you are going to be greater than I am in my lifetime but you see, the joy is, as you grow greater, so I increase. Yes, Everything is a phone call away. Yes, 
you, you need to know why people come to my house. One of the essence in Nigeria, if I mention his name, you know him. He has built gigantic projects in this country. He came to my house and said, there are only two villas in Nigeria, one in Abuja and this amazing Grace Villa. Because you make things happen for people and I don't charge them a dime. I am not a fool. My reward is on the way. In the name of Jesus. Are you succeeding in your stewardship? Are you? Are you doing it the way you are told to do it? Or you are just cleverly manipulating things and thinking that it will work out at the end? No, it doesn't. Let me show you some characteristics of a good steward. Number one, stewards must always do as they are ordered. That's why every parent must find out the destiny of a child you are raising under your roof. Must find out what God sent them here to do. Not English, geography, mass, biology, business administration, law, medicine. Those are just uh, peripheral things. What is the main demand? The core thing that God sent the child to do. The parents of Samson said, what will be the manner of his work? What's his destiny? You must ask God. You must find out. Stewards must always do as they are ordered. Genesis 43. I mentioned that to you while we were praying this morning. Genesis 43, verses 16 and 17. Genesis 43, 16 and 17. When Joseph saw Benjamin with them, he said to the steward of his house, Take this man to my home and slaughter an animal and make ready, for this man would dine with me at noon. Then the man did, I can hear you, he did as Joseph ordered. Number two, stewards must learn and speak the language and the lingo of their masters. Stewards must learn and speak the language and the lingo of their masters. I've read that to you early morning today when they got home and said, we found our money in our sacks. Is that the God of your fathers? <laughs> the God of your fathers and your God has made this happen. He had been around Joseph to know that there's a God who is a father. Right. Eliezer knelt down by the, by the camels and said, Oh God of my master Abraham, grant me success this day and be kind. Show your kindness to my master. And if you see all the prayers he prayed, he would know that he has been hanging around fire. He's become fire himself. He has been hanging around the master. When your language is coarse and harsh, you are misrepresenting your master. You're not treating people right. You're shortchanging yourself. You must learn the language and the lingo of your master. You must not misrepresent him. You must carry yourself well because you are not the owner. You are a steward. Number three, stewards must also serve with joy. Service is synonymous with stewardship. A steward's life is a life of service. A steward's life is a life of service, not just entitlements, not just benefits, not just remunerations, not just what you get out of it. A steward's life is a life of service continually. Like Paul said, he must be willing to spend and be spent. If you look at Genesis 43, 26 to 34, when Joseph came in and said, Serve! They went into action. They were not murmuring. They were not complaining. In fact, he ensured that Benjamin got five portions of the service that day. And no steward was saying, what is the big deal? Number four. The significance of stewards in any kingdom or government can be clearly seen by the assemblage with other stakeholders, just before King David instructed his son Solomon to build the temple. Stewards are critical to government, to kingdoms. Listen, one of the 
terrible affliction in our country is that the institutional memory that needs to be protected by civil service is damaged and destroyed by them. Government comes in, government goes out. The civil service should be the institutional memory of every government in our land. But they are the one perpetrating fraud. They are the one teaching a new minister how to get more than his fair portion. They are the one fronting for them and saying, Moshe Nshekwa and Moshe Nshiri. First Chronicles 28, give it to me in KJV, please. First Chronicles 28, verse number 1. First Chronicles 28, verse 1. And David assembled all the princes of Israel, the princes of the tribes and the captains of the companies that ministered to the king by course, and the captains over the thousands, and captains over the hundreds, and what? And the stewards over all the substance and possession of the king, and then of his sons, with the officers and with the mighty men, and with all the valiant men. If the stewards are not there, critical stakeholder is missing. Do you see yourself in your department as a steward? Do you see yourself in your group fellowship as a steward? Are you really administering that unit committed to your hands with a sense and appreciation of stewardship that you are a steward of God's heritage and God is looking on and is going to reward you accordingly? There will be paid day for what you are doing. I'll show you in Old and New Testament, there will be payday. We have to be careful. Now, I said this, number five, sometimes stewards are helpless. They can be very helpless. They cannot change, influence, or prevent the householders from doing whatever it chooses to do. Stewards are sometimes helpless. Look at 1 Kings chapter 16. I'll read from verse 8 and bring the truth out for you there. In the 26th year of Asa, king of Judah, Elad, the son of Baasha, became king over Israel and reigned two years where? In Tazar. Now a servant, Simri, commander of his chariot, conspired against him as he was in Tazar, Drinking himself drunk in the house of Azar, steward of his house in Tazar. Can this steward tell him to stop drinking? Huh? He was drinking himself drunk and asking for another tumbler. The steward was helpless. So while he was drunk, Zimri came in and killed him. When you raise a household where the stewards you hire do not have authority over your children, they cannot tell them what you are doing is wrong. Then, because they are helpless, what would they say? Omo Ghani. None of my children, she today, can call Ebenezer by name. None! Your driver will drive your son somewhere, and your son will tell his son, Oh, my driver is outside. Ah. Ah. I've never been to where Ebenezer lives. I don't know. Maybe Mrs. B will know. I don't. But guess what? Rain or shine. In the days when the children were going to school, rain or shine, thunderstorm or anything. And he had no car at that time. He was never let to take them to school. Not once. Whether it was rainy season or there's flood anywhere, he was there to take them to school. He was there on time to bring them back daily. And then the time came, they were going abroad. And Ebenezer came to me. 
and said, my assignment is over. I was hired to drive the children. I said, Ebenezer, you have become Eliezer. That car you have been driving is yours. Do you understand? It's your own from today. And you can drive, Mama, or find something to do. That's why he became the Akobi Oku. I'm the Akobi Alaye. Uh-huh. <laughs> and when Mama was on the way to heaven, he was the one to summon us. Mama, Lord, Mama, Lord. I'm the Akobi Oku. She's become part, it has become part of the house that I don't know what Ebenezer did. And, uh, and the children said that anybody can go out of your staff, but not Uncle Ebenezer. You render, she was helpless in your house. They are cleaning, your children are lifting their legs. They are finishing eating, they are carrying their bowls. Sometimes stewards are helpless. And now let's turn that around and bring truth out of what looks negative. Say with me, any leru? Lo leru. Any leru? Lo leru? A master can do what he likes with his own. Matthew chapter 20, take time to read it. He looked and summoned people to come and walk in his farm. Some came very early in the morning. And then about noon, he gathered others, they came. And then in the evening, towards the tail end of the day, he hired another one, he said, don't you have anyone to hire? They said, we don't. Come and walk. And when the payday came, the master started paying them from the last person to come in, and he paid them exact amount that I agree with those who came first. That's when many stewards would lose their head. And say, I want you one bill to joy. Look at how they are promoting that one. Look at how you don't have sanctified common sense. That the master can do what he likes with his own. That's how you lose your cool. And you begin to judge things wrongly. You do not know you are being weighed on the scale. That God who hired you had a contract with you that the amount you'll be paid is one denarii. Mm. And he said, didn't I, is there anything wrong? Is it not what we agreed that I pay you? He said, we started the work here at Halle. And those who came last minute are many that are first. And many that are last. It is not the doing of, it is God. By eating shetier. Or you become bitter, you will no longer serve with joy. Then guess what? You disqualify yourself from stewards. Am I making sense to you? Oh Lord, to Lord said it agenda. I didn't give you the topic. I'm just helping you to fine-tune it to bring clarity out so that we all understand. If they ask you to stop functioning here and go to that place, it's because your time is off. Over there. And when you say, look at, how much it disgraces me, you are not a steward. You are not owner. He knows what he's doing. He's pulling you out from vessel to vessel until there's no sediment. Can I hear amen? amen? Tell your neighbor, sometimes stewards are helpless. Any leru lo leru. Ento leru lo leru. Uh-huh. There are certain characteristics, further characteristics expected of stewards. Or shall I stop? Okay, bear with me, we'll soon be through. I call this the do's and the don'ts of good stewards. The do's and the don'ts of good stewards. Three outstanding characteristics of good stewards of faithfulness, wisdom, and blamelessness. Faithfulness, wisdom, and blamelessness. Daniel chapter 6 verse 1 to 5. Daniel chapter 6 verse 1 to 5. It pleased Darius to set over the kingdom. 120 satraps to be over the whole kingdom. And over these three governors of whom Daniel was one, that the satraps might give account to them so that the king would suffer no loss. 
Then this Daniel distinguished himself above the governors and satraps because what? An excellent spirit was in him and the king gave thought to setting him over the whole realm. So the governors and satraps sought to find some charge against Daniel concerning the kingdom, but they could find no charge or fault. Why? Because he was faithful. Now was there any error or fault found in him? Stewards of God's heritage, listen to me. Stop saying nobody's above mistakes. There was no fault or error found in him concerning the assignment given to him by the king. You must excel in all that you do as a steward. Faithfulness is key. Luke chapter 12, verse 35. Luke chapter 12, verse 35. Let your ways be guarded and your lamps burning. And you yourselves be like men who wait for their master when he will return from the wedding. That when he comes and knocks, they may open to him immediately. Blessed are those servants whom the master, when he comes, will find watching. Shortly I say to you that he will guard himself and have them sit down to eat. And we come and serve them. And if you should come in the second watch or come in the third watch and find them so, blessed are those servants. But notice that if the master of the house had known what hour the thief would come, he would have watched and not allowed his house to be broken into. Therefore you also be ready. For the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. Then Peter said to him, Lord, for, Lord, do you speak this parable only to us or to all people? Ready, read. And the Lord said, who then is that faithful and wise steward whom his servant, his master will make ruler over his household to give them their portion of food in due season? Blessed is that servant whom his master will find so doing when he comes. Faithfulness, wisdom, and blamelessness. First Corinthians chapter 4. Verses 1 and 2. First Corinthians chapter 4 verses 1 and 2. Let a man so consider us as servants of Christ and stewards of the mystery of God. Mysteries of God. Moreover, it is required in stewards that one be found faithful. It is required in stewards that one be found faithful. As stewards of the manifold grace of God, as mothers and fathers and priests in our home, we must be found faithful. I testify to all who care to listen, my mother did not sleep on duty. She was faithful to the very end of her life. Are you faithful stewards? Are you watching over your household? Knowing fully well, that the day of reckoning will come. Before I close today, one standard to which all stewards will be held is accountability. One standard to which all stewards will be held, whether they are pastors of the flock or parents at home, one standard to which all stewards will be held is accountability. Everyone will give account of his own stewardship someday to God. Luke chapter 16, verses 1 and 2. Luke chapter 16, verses 1 and 2. He also said to his disciples, There was a certain rich man who had a steward. An accusation was brought to him that this man was wasting his goods. So he called him and said to him, What is this I hear about you? Give an account of your what? Stewardship. For you can no longer be steward. In conclusion today, I want you to be the judge of yourself. You have heard the standards to which all stewards will be held. Do you qualify to be a good steward of God's heritage? Are you wise? 
Are you faithful? Are you blameless? Are you hospitable? Or are you drunk with power meant for service which you use for self? Luke chapter 12, verses 45, 46, 47, and 48. Luke 12, 45 to 48. I will lead you in prayers hereafter. Luke 12, 45 to 48. But if that servant says in his heart, My master is delaying his coming, and begins to beat the male and female servants, and to eat and drink and be drunk, the master of that servant will come on a day when he's not looking for him, and at an hour when he's not aware. And we cut him in two and appoint his portion with the unbelievers. And that servant who knew his master's will and did not prepare himself or do according to his will shall be beaten with many stripes. But he who did not know yet committed things the servant of stripes shall be beaten with few. For everyone to whom much is given from him much is required. And to whom much has been committed of him they will ask the more what kind of steward are you stand to your feet stand to your feet what kind of steward are you what kind of steward are you first prayer point who among us here this day has all that it takes to be a steward of God's heritage who is sufficient for all these things? I want you to pray a prayer that Paul prayed. Our sufficiency is from God. Second Corinthians chapter three, verse four to six. Second Corinthians chapter six, three, verse four to six. And we have such trust through Christ toward God. Not that we are sufficient of ourselves. To think of anything as being from ourselves, but our sufficiency is from God, who also made us sufficient as ministers of the new covenant, not of the letter, but of the spirit. For the letter kills, but the spirit gives life. In the name of Jesus, I want you to ask for grace so that He can grant you sufficiency in this area of stewardship. Either of land, or house, or money, or children, or the church, God's heritage. Who is sufficient? Who, is, who can carry this assignment out? The standards are high. But God can grant us grace. Ask for grace to be good stewards of God's heritage in your household, your children. Of resources that God has given you so that you do not squander and get drunk while on duty of the flock and the church of God so that you can meaningfully contribute your own quota. You are a mere steward. I am a mere steward. When we have done all that we know how to do, Jesus said, we must stand before him and declare we unworthy servants. We have done what is required of us. To whom much is given, much shall be required. Help me, Father, to be a good steward of the manifold grace of God. Lord, I cry unto you. I do not have all it takes, but our sufficiency is from God, who has made us and appointed us ministers of the gospel, not of the letter, but of the spirit. For the letter kills. It is a spirit that gives life. Thank you for the spirit that is in us. Thank you for enabling grace to do all that is required of us, to raise godly children, to raise a godly sound church and to administer the resources you have given to us in line with your will and your purpose so that when the day of reckoning comes, we will hear good and faithful servant enter into the joy of the Lord your God. And the people said, Amen. Amen. This is a summary of all that we did during the week. Stewards of God's heritage. God bless you.
so much for listening. We have to end it here today, but it's been a real joy to come into your homes to unveil the truth of God's Word. I pray that the Word of God you have received will sink deeply into your hearts and bring forth tangible fruit in Jesus' name. Amen. In addition, I pray that the truth you've embraced will not only set you free, but it will empower you to impact your environment positively as God's representative in your sphere of influence. Till we meet again on this platform, remain sandwiched between the peace of God and the God of peace. God bless you richly. Bye, Bye for, for now. now.